Hey, this is Savannah from The Faithful Project, and I'm so excited to tell you that a brand new single from our 2021 live recording just released. The Detour is a vulnerable song inspired by Elizabeth in the Bible. We often focus on the end of her story when her hope was fulfilled, so it's easy to forget how many years she spent waiting. That's why I'm so thankful my friends Sarah Kroger, Tamar Chip, and Crystal Wells wrote this song for anyone experiencing a painful detour, setback, or season of waiting. This song doesn't deny the pain. Detours feel defeating, but we hope it reawakens an inner strength that comes as you hope in God. Welcome to The Faithful Podcast. I'm your host, Keely Scott, with Compassion International. The Word of God is filled with the voices of mothers, daughters, sisters, and wives. Each of their stories shows us different sides of God's kindness, love, and faithfulness, and how that faithfulness is just as active and present today as it was thousands of years ago. The Faithful Project is a gathering of female poets, songwriters, authors, and storytellers, creating a space for them to dive into the stories of the ancient and mysterious women of the Word and to learn and share about their own stories in the process. We are so glad you've joined us today as we speak of what we've seen. episode, singer-songwriters Sarah Kroger and Jess Ray, as well as author Kelly Minter, sit down to take a deeper look at the book of Ruth. Ruth's declaration of loyalty reinforces God's faithfulness to us, bearing the reminder that no matter what hardship you may face in this moment, you will persevere and receive the goodness He has promised. Come join the conversation. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Kelly Minter, and today I'm with two special friends and collaborators, and we are going to be talking about Ruth and not just the book of Ruth, but Ruth, the character in the Bible. Uh, she is an amazing woman. But before we get into all of that, I want I want the other two really talented people that I'm with today just to introduce themselves. So... My name is Sarah Kroger. I am a songwriter, worship leader, artist, person living in Nashville, Tennessee. I've only been here for working on three years now, but um, yeah, love and life. So that's a little bit who I am. What about you, girl? Yeah, I'm Jess Ray. Um, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I do uh, singing, songwriting, producing, um, kind of a rotation of those three things in my life. I live in yeah North Carolina with my husband and our two dogs, Birdie and Piper. And uh, yeah, it's it's been cool to be a part of this project. Like mm-hmm. really, just a wonderful surprise this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so excited to sit with you guys and talk about Ruth. That's cool. Now, did you play Same. on the Faithful record? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. did. did some guitars and then uh, some vocals as well. So. That is so cool. Yeah, I didn't know okay. you played guitar. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That is so fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would have liked to have played, but Nathan, he wouldn't have let me do that. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, so cool. He is awesome. Yeah. What oh, a, yeah. That's good. That project's, I'm super excited about yeah. it. Me too. Well, so, okay. As we look at Ruth's story, just to give a, a little bit of a paraphrase, maybe for those who haven't um, read her story in a long time or maybe ever, mm-hmm. but essentially you have Israel, the people of God in Bethlehem and and you have 
Naomi and, and her husband Elimelech and their two sons, Malon and Kilion, and they leave Bethlehem because there's a famine in mm. the land. And the, the famine was in the land because the people had, it doesn't explicitly say this, but we can kind of tell this from the book of Judges, but the people had really turned away from God. And mm -hmm. this was a way, a, a loving, hard, but loving way of him bringing his people back to himself. Mm. But they end up leaving Bethlehem, which is actually means the house of bread mm -hmm. for Moab, a very dark, um, godless mm. uh, place, and not not worshippers of the God of Israel. You know, you have this mm -hmm. pantheon of gods in Moab, and just a really dark place to live. But that's where they go because there's no famine in Moab, so they travel east mm. to Moab and they settle there. But not long after they're there, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, dies. Her two sons die. Mm. But they die after they marry two Moabite women, and that's really mm. we can kind of miss that, but. And a lot of times we we forget that Ruth is a Moabitess, and mm. that's kind of the best part of the whole story in my right. mind. But it's also it truly in that time that was the most off putting part of the story because mm. she is not an Israelite. She is she's not even just like from a neutral place. She's a Moabitess, and so mm. we have we see Naomi um, with these two daughters in law, and she decides to return to Bethlehem because she hears about the grace of God all the way in Moab. She hears about God's grace, that he's set a table for his people in Bethlehem. So she decides to return. Well, her daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah, want to go with her, but they get halfway down the road and Orpah's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go back home. <laughs> Which my, I hate to say well, might have been my tendency is like a homebody and with the oh, familiarity yeah. and all of that. And yeah. Naomi even says, you know, go back to your gods, little G gods. Like mm. you, you're, there's going to be no life. There's going to be no, no future for you in, in, in Bethlehem. But then we know that famous line that gets read mm -hmm. at weddings a lot of times. But in R Ruth says to Naomi, you know, where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And it's really almost like a covenant that Ruth makes mm. with Naomi. And so then they get back mm. to Bethlehem, and then they're, then they're, the whole story kind of kicks off. Mm -hmm. But um, but but I think what's fascinating about this story is that Ruth is an outsider. She's the outsider mm. of outsiders, and she actually when she gets to Bethlehem and she's gleaning in Boaz's fields, she's actually less than a servant girl. She doesn't even have the standing of a servant girl. So you just can't, I remember reading that and thinking, well, how, how much well, lower do you go? Can, mm, can you go if right. you're like slipping underneath the servant girl, you know? And, mm. and then I guess I can relate uh, to that in some ways and just feeling those times of lowness. Mm -hmm. um, but we see God do an amazing, amazing mm -hmm. work in Ruth's life. So anyway, I don't want to take up the conversation, mm -hmm. but just kind of kind of just launching us off into the story um, and maybe just some of the parallels that we see in our own life mm. with Ruth, how our stories overlap. Um, yeah. Maybe what about the narrative has surprised us? So mm. <laughs> Killer yeah. job summing that up. I know. That was a good summary. I was learning and <laughs> gleaning a lot from that. So. Me too. I know. Oh, I'm glad. Oh. Well, I, I, I wrote a Bible study on yeah. the book of Ruth about two or three years after my music career essentially dead end mm. crashed or fell off a cliff or something. I'm not sure. Oh, after being in Nashville for about seven or eight years. So I fell in love with this whole story. Yeah. You know, because... I, I felt like I felt a lot of what she felt at mm. different times. And so, um, yeah, mm. I just love this story and was thankful to be able to write a study on it because I think we see the gospel all through it. Oh, yeah. But, totally. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like one of the most beautiful parts of this story actually is Naomi's story Mm. in the sense that like she suffered so much loss and so much confusion. I just can't imagine what she must have been going through in her life and after losing all three of her boys, you know, um, and then having to go back without them, like to her homeland, all that, all of that emotion and what she must've been feeling. But just the idea that like God makes something so beautiful out of the ashes of her story. Mm -hmm. Um, and literally like after all of this destruction, like writes her story into literally his lineage on earth. You know what I mean? Like yes, the power of that and just the, I don't know. It's just so encouraging to me that like, just, just to look outside of just your perspective to like, just take the time to just remember that you are a part of a greater story Mm -hmm. and that the moment that you're in isn't the end of the story basically. Right. You know, like the, the moment of suffering that you might find yourself in the, the season that you might find yourself walking through. I mean, like this 2020 that we that we find ourselves in somehow. It's like how, what is happening? You know, this is not the end of the story Mm -hmm. and it's a part of a greater story to be told. Um, and just to not get lost in that despair, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The thing that jumped out already to me, um, and I think it definitely is uh, resonating with me because I've just talked about uh, Rahab Mm. um, in the past few hours. And um, she's, you know, a couple generations up in the exact same family line. And that was really amazing to me to realize, okay, you know, this story of God, taking someone outside of, uh, the, the Israelite, you know, nation Mm -hmm. and grafting them in. And we know that that happens over and over and over in the kind Mm -hmm. of the storyline, the, the plan of God. And then it, it metaphorically like speaks of, um, yeah, the fact that like, not only God saves, but like God and it's for everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, God Mm -hmm. is, God Mm -hmm. is, God has made a way for everyone to be in this family. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and so, yeah, that's probably what jumps out to me the mm-hmm. most right now of like, just seeing how be- it, it's so beautiful, how God continues mm-hmm. to like bring, uh, through these stories show that there's someone outside of the nation of Israel and how yeah. they end up being like a critical part of actually the, yeah. the family <laughs> line. And, yeah. um, right. Yeah. So that really, and, and then just the beauty of, um, yeah, I, I'm like, I know we're supposed to talk about Ruth, but I like no, my mind okay. keeps going to like um, similarities to Rahab, where it's just like you have the option of kind of being a, a part of what God is doing, mm. and what you see in you know in the the history of the Israelite people is for whatever reason God chose that people group to express really mm-hmm. to the whole world and to all of time and history His love for people, mm-hmm. and He uses this you know, this people group and this storyline that he goes on with them to really reveal to everyone mm-hmm. how he cares for mm-hmm. us. And so um, what you see in Ruth is a choice to end up being a part of what God was doing yeah. on the earth, mm-hmm. right. um, to leave behind where she was from or yeah. what might feel familiar mm-hmm. or um, what's yeah. comfortable mm-hmm. um, and cling to um, what she saw. And, you know, yeah. I'm inferring that. You know, that like, we don't know that, you know, we would imagine she made more of a commitment to Naomi than she did maybe to God, but 
she clearly is ma- also making a mm-hmm. commitment. Oh yeah, right. your God, God is going to be my God. Yeah, yeah. she mm-hmm. clearly saw something. Yeah, right? yeah. In there's Naomi's something witness. about what was happening in that society. Yeah. In um, right. really, I mean, I've been in a long journey of like really wrestling with the Old Testament in the past few years, and and how there's you know because the context seems so brutal and rough. Mm-hmm. There's lots of times you just you take it in and you're just like, how can this, how can God be okay with this? Whatever. Yeah. But actually all the time God was upping the game and there was a mm. moral revolution and a cultural revolution mm. that he mm. was bringing about in his people. Mm. And in the, you know, the ancient world, he was always kind of raising the bar. Yeah. I mean, Israel like went with it, screwed up, like, you know, back and forth. <laughs> All but in place. general, he's always raising the bar on, mm. Um, what he's showing humans they can truly be. And so I guess that's what's beautiful about, like, potentially, like, exactly what you were saying, like, she's coming from a very dark, godless, you know, society, and she's realizing, you know, there's not a perfect society. Obviously, Israel has majorly failed because they're living in a famine right now. Right. But, like, like, she sees something about that uh, Naomi and that society and... Yeah, that God that she's going. I will. I'm going to leave that right. and cling to that. And and that really was something I saw in Rahab's story and in Ruth's, where it's just like in an intense time, figuring out what God is doing and where right. He is, and aligning with mm-hmm. that is what I see in both those women. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting. Yeah. To me. yeah, yeah. I love what you're saying, Jess, because it's like I think too. <clears throat> you kept saying like that Ruth was aligning herself with God and with his story and his people. And she's leaving behind her old and Mm -hmm. what was familiar. And, and so it's kind of this double-edged thing because yes, she is so accepted in Israel. She becomes a critical part of the story Mm -hmm. in the line of Christ. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. And she, Ruth 2.12 is one of my very favorites because Boaz says, um, may you take refuge under the wings of the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. Well, the, I mean, she, he could just say under God, but it's very clear, like you, a Moabitess, get to take refuge under the wings of the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. But what? But some of what you said that made me think of that, we're all accepted, but we don't stay where we were. And mm-hmm. yep. so the, the, the door is open and the wings are there for us to take refuge, but yes. we change. God, the God of Israel doesn't, you know, float over to Moab and, you know, like say, okay, yeah, every, all this is good and right. No, he said, but he's saying, come, come out of Moab. You yep. are accepted. You have a place here mm. under my wings, under the God of Israel. And mm. I think we see that in Christ, that there's this unbelievable acceptance. There's this call of grace. There's this call of redemption, but we don't stay the same. Yep, right. We have to change our allegiances and our alliances. Yes. And that's what Orpah did not do. Mm. It's what Ruth did do. Mm-hmm. So like my people are going to change. My God's going to change. My place is going to change, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and my commitments are going to change. And yet that doesn't take away from the grace at all. But it's like the, it's like, that's what we do when we get what grace is, mm-hmm. you know? So I just think, yeah, that's just I one of my that. favorites is that when you take refuge under the wings of the God of Israel, that's So good, man, mm. it's just one of my very favorites in all of the Bible, because, um, I just think about, it's hard for us to get our minds around the idea of a, of a landowner like Boaz blessing a Moabitess mm. to take refuge under the wings of it. I mean, it, the, the hostility between Israel and Moab was, mm. it's just hard for us to, modern day Americans to get our heads around it. Yeah. And yet it's such a challenge for me because there are sometimes, 
you know, people I don't want to love or people I don't yeah. want to reach out to or people that I'm like, oh, it would just, I don't know if there's room under the wings of <laughs> And of course there is because the yeah. fact that the Lord took me, you know, the yeah. fact that the Lord, I mean, it's just, but so just even showing that kind of grace that Boaz yeah. showed and then Ruth showed to Nate. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's an amazing story. Mm. Yeah. I feel like something that keeps, um, that I keep coming back to as we're talking about this is like, what is it that Ruth saw in Naomi that drew her in, right? Like she comes from a godless nation. She sees Naomi struggling with the loss of all of her children and, and her husband. Like, what is it of Naomi's like, I mean, obviously it infers things, right? It infers like, how does Naomi respond in the midst of that? And what is it that Ruth is being drawn into Mm. in the midst of that? You know, like it must be her faith, but it, it, it couldn't be anything else other than Naomi, like, operating in faith in that moment of suffering Mm -hmm. and drawing Ruth into this light that maybe Ruth has never experienced in her life. And like, to me, that challenges me, like in the moments of distress and in, in the moments of pain in my life, like how am I radiating the light of Christ in those moments or, or just inviting people in my life who aren't maybe believers? Like, how am I being an Mm -hmm. example of a believer to other people? How am I? um, Because like you said, Jess, like, it's open to everybody. Like the relationship with God is open to anybody. It's not just for believers. It's right. for any, it's the invitation is for anyone. So mm-hmm. how am I as a believer mm-hmm. extending, inv- that. extending that invitation, mm-hmm. opening that door to other people and shining that light? Um, I don't know. That's just mm-hmm. something I've been thinking about a lot as you guys have been talking, like mm-hmm. what is it that Ruth saw and how do we emulate that in our own lives? Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Eiler with The Faithful Project. I am a new parent, and because of that, I'm seeing the world from a brand new perspective. I'm carefully considering how to protect my daughter in this increasingly scary digital world. Though she's not old enough to even hold a phone yet, I'm thinking ahead to when she will. Did you know that the average American child is exposed to pornography online by age 13, and that it usually happens by accident? That's really overwhelming. But thankfully, there are ways being developed to help combat this, like the new app, Canopy. Canopy's app is for smartphones, tablets, and computers, and it makes the internet safe by blocking explicit images and videos on every single website. It also does a lot of other useful things that keep kids safer online and prevent exploitive situations, things like detecting and stopping inappropriate photo sharing. So you can check it out at canopy.us slash faithful project and get 30 days free and 15% off the regular price forever when you use the promo code faithful project at checkout. With Canopy, you'll never have to worry about what your child sees online. And that is a wonderful thing. I don't know. That's just mm. something I've been thinking about a lot as you guys have been talking. Like, mm. what is it that Ruth saw and how do we emulate that in our own lives? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And just her work ethic, too. I think that's, you know, Ruth got to work when she went to Bethlehem. Mm. She's like, okay, Naomi, how are we going to survive? Like, I got to go <laughs> glean in these fields, you know? And she went and and that had to take a lot. And I think that even just for me, sometimes I just think, okay, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to make all these changes. And then when I get to Bethlehem, I'm just going to expect it to be good. <laughs> like, mm. You're just going to roll, you know, that that table is going to be set. And 
here there was all this obedience, but it was hard when she got there. It was not easy. She had to go and glean in this field and she had, she was a servant girl. And we get the very distinct impression that it was dangerous because Boaz Mm. even says to her, stay with my servant girls and I will tell the men not to touch you, Mm. which, well, what in the world? You know, I mean, obviously there were some seriously dangerous, risky things that were going on in the field, Mm. you know, and she was willing to work and sweat it out for Naomi when I'm sure that food came um, a lot more readily Mm. back in, in Moab. So just that it didn't, it didn't turn around immediately. It wasn't like this, like, okay, I obeyed. I made the journey. All right, Lord, let's rock this out. You know, it's like, there's, there was some serious faithfulness and and work and and they even mm. the even Boaz's people noticed that about her. They said, because Boaz asked, "Who is this person?" And they said, "Look, she's been working morning till night. Like she is mm. on this." Right. And and so her work ethic spoke. And I think mm. that that's really cool. And her character. I yeah. mean, Boaz even speaks that to her and says, "There's really nobody that's shown shown me the kind of kindness and." Mm. So she's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, she really is remarkable. <laughs> I mean, you got, yeah, you kind of like read her and you're like, how, okay, does she sin ever? Yeah, you know? right. But, <laughs> but, but obviously, but I think, I think so much of this though is really, is really about God's faithfulness. And, mm. and I, cause I it, w- was talking about it. I um, was talking about Naomi earlier today and, you know, this whole story ends with Naomi. It's like all the women gather around Naomi and Naomi actually is holding Ruth mm. and Boaz's baby Obed. And the women are like, the Lord has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. Mm. And, you know, Ruth is worth more to you than seven sons. And the whole, the whole like sunset just kind of comes down on Naomi. And I'm like, wait a minute, Ruth and Boaz were the faithful ones here. Like, why does the bitter mother-in-law like get to hog the baby in the spotlight at the end of the story? Like, I don't, you know, and it kind of bothered me for a while. And then I realized that this, the the story's really not about Ruth or Boaz or Naomi or Obed. Or, mm. It's about God. Yeah. And it's about God's faithfulness to a people. And then you get, you know, you, you get to the end and you see this gene- genealogy mm. where you've got Ruth and Boaz who have Obed. And then you have Obed, who's the father of Jesse. Jesse, who's the father of King mm. David. You get to Matthew chapter 1. And you read down, you'll see the exact same lineage, and then you get all the way to Jesus Christ. Mm. And, mm. you know, like what you were saying, Jess, earlier, just the fact that Ruth doesn't just, she doesn't just eke in. Mm-hmm. Like, she gets prominent billing, right. you know? <laughs> like, she's <laughs> yeah. major. And yet, she's a Moabitess, and they yeah. weren't even supposed to be allowed for 10 generations mm. to worship in the temple, mm, according wow. to Old Testament law. Wow. But I, I think that the reason she was allowed to was because she claimed God as the one true God and mm. she had, yeah, embraced that. Right. Mm. So it I just to that. see God's faithfulness to us is profound. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It speaks to like, I'm sure that you've both experienced this in your life, but like how seemingly insignificant moments or things that just come out of left field or confusing things that happen in your life, like are all a part of this grander plan that you really can't see. I mean, I feel it all, all the time, like God is constantly like painting this masterpiece of my life, mm-hmm. but I only at one point sure. get to see like an inch of it and mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, these colors don't go, what the heck is going on? You know, yeah. like it doesn't make any sense. But when we get to heaven, it's almost like we get this, this view of what God painted of our life. And we get mm-hmm. to see how it all worked together for his good, for his greater plan, for his greater story. That just reminds me of what you're just talking about, like 
how that relates to our own lives. Like when we're lost in the moment, when we are just at loss for words, just can't figure out what's happening, like to not lose faith, to not lose hope, to know Mm. that God is still at work, even when you can't see it. Mm -hmm. That's what it really tells me. Like, and this year has been hard, I think for everyone in one way or another. This year has been incredibly hard for me, just Mm -hmm. confusing and scary. Mm -hmm. And again, Mm I, I do believe I have the faith that God is writing a greater story and it's a part of his greater plan and trying mm-hmm. to surrender to that and mm-hmm. trust in that. And it's stories like this that give mm-hmm. me hope that that's the truth, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. It absolutely. And that word surrender, I think that's important, right? Nope. That's an important word because I think Ruth really had to surrender. I, I think more than anything we see, it's a, we, it's a weird text, but Mm. where Naomi has Ruth go down to the threshing floor, which is where the prostitutes would go Mm. because the men would stay with their grain. And so it's kind of a weird thing that Naomi's asking, but obviously Ruth is not going there for those reasons, but it is the place that she goes after having lost a husband, after having lost everything. And then she has to go and surrender herself to whatever Boaz's response is. And that idea of surrender. It's not just that she's surrendering to Boaz, but she's also submitting to Naomi's guidance and just kind of the whole thing. But Mm. I've always thought about that where Mm. she goes down at night and I'm thinking, Mm. you gotta be kidding me. Like, no way. Like I gotta know that there's reason to believe that this guy is going to take me or into me or something, but (laughs) to go and just, and, and think about that vulnerable, like you uncover Mm. his feet and you kind of just lay down. That's the most vulnerable position you could possibly be in. And after losing already a husband and and I just think that level of surrender, yeah. and I believe, I do believe that whether it's a literal metaphorical picture, whatever, but I do believe that we, that that is what Christ wants us to, to do. And it is so mm-hmm. vulnerable and it's mm-hmm. so difficult, mm-hmm. but to say, I trust you. I trust you with the response. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Cause she says, spread the corner of your garment over me, basically redeem me, marry mm-hmm. me. And because at that time too, it was about redemption and redeeming of Naomi's land and legacy and all of that. And Boaz says, well, I want to, but there's another kinsman redeemer that's even closer than I am. And I'll have to deal with that in the morning, basically. Mm. And so she, he gives her more grain and says, just, you know, head home and like, I'll see what I can do basically. And I'm like, no, no, that's not like, you can't. You can't, Lord, you can't have me like lay right. it all out there and then like totally. a big maybe, you know, like, uh-uh, <laughs> no can do, you know, mm. and then she gets back to Naomi, says what happens. And Naomi says, wait, just wait, mm. you know, he's working it out, yeah. but wait here. And then it is pretty awesome yeah. because Boaz then goes straight to the gate and um, I think it's in uh, chapter three or four. And he begins to talk to that kinsman redeemer and negotiate and, he, but <laughs> It's like what you were saying, like about seeing the small part of the picture yeah. and only seeing a tiny bit. Well, Ruth isn't part of those conversations. Mm. She's at home with right. Naomi waiting and Boaz is working it out. And then Boaz redeems her, but they're not even there. Mm. He stands at the, at the gate and which is where all of the major decisions would happen and said, you know, I'm, I take Ruth to be my wife mm. and I'm going to carry on her legacy. And mm. Mm. So it's just, I think surrender, I'm just glad you said that word because that made me think that there's Mm. a lot of surrender in Mm. this story and God is faithful to us 
yeah. when we surrender. It's just not always the way we think and not always in his time. And no, Love but that. he's faithful in it. Yeah. I loved how, like, even just talking about Boaz for a second, like, I think in the, like, kind of grim backdrop of the Old Testament, which I don't mean to be keep bringing that up, but yeah, hopefully no, people it. resonate sure. with that, that it's like, man, some stuff, hard stuff to swallow, like, sure. in, in there. But I think, like, I've been trying to really get to where I'm catching God's heart, even mm. in the midst of how tough it is to mm-hmm. read some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we see that mm. in Boaz because... Yeah, it could have been, It's very, it was very risky what she did. Mm-hmm. He could have mistreated her, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to treat her as he, you know, middle of the night, he's been eating and drinking. Like he yes. could have done, he could have reacted to her, you know, sure. and taken advantage of her or, um, yeah, I mean, just like the, the outcome of really, it shows a, a character in Boaz and yeah. really, um, and we know that that's, he's really a picture of God's covering for us and mm-hmm. like. God being our kinsman redeemer. So even in the grim like context of the Old Testament, once again, God is changing the way we understand men and mm. understand who he is mm. as he, you know, expresses himself as a man. Yeah. You know, that we can actually see mm. that he's different and that he's incredibly kind, a man of character, mm-hmm. a man of like protection instead mm. of like taking from, he's mm. giving, mm. which is so true of God's mm-hmm. character. And I think we get to see that in Boaz. And so it's like really a beautiful thing that she takes that risk of, um, of really, Oh, and then the other thing I was thinking, I've just been enjoying like, um, this idea of, I think there's a command in the law that you would leave the edges of your mm-hmm. field yeah. for like, uh, the poor to glean mm-hmm. from and um and so really it shows that he's a man who's like living out the law mm-hmm, living mm-hmm. out already God's desires and commands over his people and the only like side note I would it's kind of tangent to this uh but it like from that passage someone I heard this observation of like the old command uh in the law to leave the edges of your field mm-hmm. um for people to glean from uh to metaphorically allow that to be in our lives as mm. well um, I think it's very normal, especially as Western or American, um, Americans, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that we absolutely leave no room in our lives. Yeah. So we've got nothing to offer to anyone who is in mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, use it all up. And, uh, right. and so I've been interpreting that verse really in my own life recently about really a command for God cares very much about margin in our lives and leaving, um, something's so you could be interrupted or you could be, you have something to offer if someone comes to you in need mm. um, instead of plowing to the very edge of your yeah. <laughs> metaphorical life field. field. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, so I'm kind of learning that and I see that in something Boaz is living out and that Ruth yeah. was able and Naomi are able to take from because he mm. left room in his life for mm. someone in need, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I love that you brought up the Old Testament law, because as much as we do struggle with so much in the Old Testament and we think, oh, wow, well, Boaz, what a great guy. How nice of him to let her (laughs) glean and to leave her sheaves and to set the table. And we're like, no, how nice of him because he because God had set that. And I'm so glad you said that because you're right. It's in Deuteronomy um, in a couple different places where that's God's command. And so now Boaz is a wealthy landowner Mm, and he took God's command to heart and actually was living it out. And we think, mm. wow, this was Boaz's idea, but it was really God's idea yes. from the beginning that mm. this would be for the poor, the widow, 
the fatherless. Yep. Mm. And that was what he would just say over and over and over for the poor, the widow, the fatherless. And, mm. uh, and I, I love to see that. And then I love to see Naomi, um, just the dignity that she's given to, it's not like she's just mm. like kind of given this handout, like, well, okay, we're going to just let you in because we've got to be nice to the poor and we'll give you this little like kind of space over here. But he has her come to his table. Mm. And I think that there's mm. a lot of, um, I think there's a lot there that signifies to us as New Testament believers too, that even, I think it's so often, so easy for us, even as we come into the saving understanding of Christ and we become followers of Christ and his children because of our past, because of our sin, because of our shame, because of whatever, what we've done, what's been done to us, we think, well, okay, I'm just glad to be in, like, I'm just glad to like be on the field someplace. (laughs) And the Lord's like, no, you can sit at the table, wow, yeah. you know? And I think that we see that, we see that with Ruth too, that the Moabitess mm. is, is at the table, which mm. is really cool. It's beautiful. So good. Yeah. So, well, any, any final thoughts is like, as far as like, has your view of this story changed over the years or, um, you know, is there some real poignant way that you see God's faithfulness? Hmm. Does your story overlap with Ruth's at all or hmm. any closing Final thoughts? Or have we said everything there is to say? <laughs> I mean, I really just want to take to heart the what we see of just a partnership between God and their storyline. Mm-hmm. And where they're really doing, the, doing it together in that Naomi and Ruth are continuing to make choices, and Boaz as well, that end up leading to a really beautiful storyline and outcome, but it's God that's like just this yeah. kind of character behind the whole right. thing. Yeah. That it's like, I think I just, in my own life, I completely agree with you, Sarah, that like the, I can look at the kind of the storyline of my life and just see this force, this presence yeah. of God behind the whole thing yeah. where he somehow, I just tried to listen or even out of need or whatever I just make certain decisions, yeah. yet God is always there, like ordaining those things and moving them along and just like, yeah, just wanting to like continue to like remember that and mm-hmm. live that out um, yeah. of just playing my part and partnering with God, mm-hmm. commit committing to him. And even when it's not easy, just trying to navigate and make steps and know that every single time he's actually like ordained that to happen and provision will come from it and Mm. is working on the other side of the story. And yeah, that he's just faithfulness, I think is totally the word I would come back to on this whole thing is like a faithful God, like at work behind the whole thing. Cause it's like, there's so much about that. It's just like happenstance Mm. that they happen to think you know, and it all happened to work. And yeah, yeah. really it's because God was behind it, like yeah. ordaining it to happen. Um, but they were also faithful to just go and yeah. risk it and try. Right. And um, yeah. wanting to also have that in, that desire in me of just being willing to take a chance and go for it and trust yeah. that the Lord's going to come mm-hmm. through some way. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think what it reminds me of is um, this idea that I've been... I've had for a while, but especially this year um, of this pandemic, just been sorting through in my own head is like that God is not a, sc- a God of scarcity. He's mm. a God of abundance Yes, because that mentality <laughs> makes us cling on to everything for dear life, right? In our life yep. or like um, it just makes us question that he's actually 
out for our good at mm. all times and that we don't have to make it happen. Right. Like we don't have to make things happen for ourselves, take control of our life. Like it, hmm. that actually never works well in the Bible. Like when you see it, even like my namesake in the Bible, Sarah, <laughs> yeah. man, when, I mean, yeah. that is just the prime <laughs> example of when you do not want to take control and what happens. Right. But just this idea that God is a God of abundance. He's a God of faithfulness mm. and to trust that, to surrender to that. Again, I'm, I'm reminded of that in this story of surrender, of trust, of what that looks like that that is really the best place for us to be is to be surrendered to God's will mm. and to live our life with open hands rather than with clenched fists, like clinging yep. on for dear life. Like if we want to receive from the Lord, we have to have open hands. And um, so that's really something that I've been searching through and, and praying through. And I feel like this story is really, I don't know, just been another encouragement on that journey mm. for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think this has been a great conversation just yeah. about her and about God's faithfulness. And, you know, I love at the very end, um, the women gather around Naomi and they say, indeed, your daughter-in-law, who's Ruth, loves you and is better to you than seven sons. Mm-hmm. And seven was, is like the number of mm-hmm. fullness and completeness, you know, in Hebrew culture. And then sons were the ones that could carry on the line. So it was sort of like Ruth loved her and Ruth was she embodied kind of like this fullness, this perfect fullness for Naomi. Mm. And yet when I think about that, there was nothing in Ruth that would have allowed her to embody that. You mm. know, there was, she, she was a, a, a Moabitess, a widow. I mean, she had no standing, she had nothing. And yet because she chose to make God her God and, and, right. and God's people, her people, and because of God's faithfulness and his grace, she represents completeness, wholeness, mm. fullness. And it's because God made that possible in her. So, love that. Yeah. So, open up your Bibles to mm-hmm. Ruth. It's right after the book of, of Judges. Yep. And it's four beautiful, easy chapters. You can probably read the whole thing in 20, 25 minutes. Or something. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, thanks for being with us, you guys. And we'll talk to you later on the Faithful Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To learn more about our music, books, merchandise, or when a faithful event will be coming near you, please visit us at faithfulproject.com or follow us on social media at Faithful Project. The Faithful Project is brought to you by Compassion International, Integrity Music, and David C. Cook Publishing. To find out how you can play a vital role in releasing children from poverty, please visit compassion.com slash faithful. Until next time, Now go and speak.